Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents the Rowan Sports Review, a weekly program that brings you up to date on all the exciting news of Rowan University athletics, including recaps and highlights, player and coach interviews, and a preview of upcoming games. And now, here's your host, Rowan Radio Sports Director, Jack Miller. Welcome back, everyone, to the Rowan Sports Review. I'm your host, Jack Miller, back with you today. And, yep, you guessed it, Aiden Doherty and Justin Locke are with me for today's episode filled with women's basketball and softball. Spring sports returns next week, guys. We've got baseball and softball uh, coming up uh, next weekend to 23rd. Baseball starts up at home. Softball, they do the same uh, on Saturday, the 24th, but... Spring sports is back, guys. We got uh, baseball and softball coming up soon. Yeah, I mean, it's exciting because these two teams are, you know, baseball and softball are arguably the best sports at Rowan. And they're a very fun group of teams to call. And, you know, softball especially, like, they made the World Series last year where you got to go to Texas. And, you know, yeah. a, they're a fun team. And uh, they kind of, we'll get into it, but they kind of have a very similar team this year. We'll get into it later, but this will be the final thought about it uh, just for now. But, uh, they they were able to beat the D3 champions in the first game of the season against Trine um, in dominant fashion. And then they go on and play Co, lose 2-1, to one, and then uh, they go on to play Salisbury, and they lose that game as well to finish in fifth place. Um, but we're going to... We're going to start off with women's basketball. We're going to put a pin on the softball topic. We're going to start off with women's basketball. They're in the sixth seed in the NJAC tournament. They finish off 12-13 and 13 overall and 9-9 nine and nine in the NJAC conference with their record. Um, but how do we see... I'll start with you, Doc. How do we see Kate Pearson adapting now to the NJAC tournament? First season, you get the sixth seed in the NJAC. 12-13, and 13, just below 500 succeed in the NJAC, this is going to be uh, a little bit different setting for Kate Pearson, especially since all of these NJAC games are going to be on the road. NJAC tournament games are all going to be on the road. Yeah, and I think the way that she's going to adjust is the way she adjusted midseason with that double big lineup of Char Carlisle and also Santana, who we hope can be healthy possibly for the playoff game. And if not, they still have some other uh, forwards and, and centers they can possibly play in there, including Mastriano. But I think that's kind of how she adapted. She realized that Jack, it's a lot about defense. It's a lot about, you know, getting to the basket, getting good looks in the paint. And she realized that quickly and adjusted. And that's how the team has kind of looked better as of recent. Obviously, you know, they still dropped some games, but, I mean, only a four-point loss against Montclair State the other night. And then NJCU was a, a close battle throughout most of the game until NJCU was able to pull away. But since then, I mean, outside those couple of losses, they have been good since January 31st against Rutgers Camden. And they've done a good job overall. And, look, they also beat the team that they're going to be playing in Kane on February 3rd where they, they dominated that one. Yeah, so Justin, what do you think would help Kay Pearson in her scheme in order to become that NJAC championship team that they're looking to redeem themselves as again? They won it last year, trying to look for it again, but it's tough when you're at the 60 and you got to play all three games on the road no matter what. Um, but they, they have to find something to click. I mean, you have Hurley, who's heating up late. Uh, again, and then Arujo just keeps finding the basket from downtown. So those are two players you got to look at. But what what have you seen? 
I think uh, really it's been their zone mix-ups kind of throughout the games have been kind of the key why they lose on the road. I feel like they kind of try a 3-2. They tried to do it against TCNJ back on January 24th. It didn't work out. And then now they've kind of been going to 2-3. And I think it's kind of worked to their benefit. Again, a lot of these teams in the NJAC are shooting under 35% from three. So you don't have to really close out as much as you really need to. And obviously the prof shooting one of the best percentages in the entire NJAC from beyond the arc. Obviously Arujo, McLaughlin, Savannah Holt, Hurley, when she gets on fire, can hit those threes. And I think with, with Kay Pearson and especially defensively going against these teams, obviously with Kane uh, first, it, it's going to really come down to, again, can you cut off, obviously, their main scorer in Gamble? Because Gamble had a good first half against the Profs uh, last time out on the third but she kind of shut off in the second half. So I think it's really adjustments in the locker room. It's really, it's a tale of two halves with the props. There's been games where they were against a top five ranked team in Christopher Newport also earlier this year. They held them with a five point game. Second half, they took their foot off the gas and Christopher Newport opened the lead and they lost by 30. So I think the biggest thing you're going to go when you're going to Union, New Jersey, it's Kane here. You have to get out to a lead early. The props women's team this year, when they're down by 10 at the end of the first quarter, most of the time, they're not coming back. Yeah, it's hard. It's even hard for any team when you when you set the tone that early, especially in the first quarter, to crawl your way back and get that momentum back. Um, but we we mentioned that like Kay Pearson's a defensive minded coach, and they're uh, the profs in the NJAC, uh top three for in three point percentage, but at the bottom when it comes to three point percentage allowed. And yeah. that's it's the perimeter defense that they might have to step up in once it comes to these playoffs. I mean, you can't have uh, these Cougars shooting from downtown because threes add up more quickly than they do with twos, just math- mathematically. But um, you have to make sure, Doc, that uh, if you're the profs, that these threes get hunkered down sooner rather than later. Yeah, I think you kind of have to go back to trusting a car lies down low. I think you can maybe. I think I can safely say she's the best interior defender in the end, Jack. And I think you maybe around two blocks per game. Yeah, maybe you trust her a little bit more down low. If you get beat on the outside, look, she's going to be there to help me as long as you play good recovery defense uh, when you're getting back and you make sure to help cover uh, her um, opposing uh, big man. But it's it's going to be tough. Uh, I think perimeter defense a lot of its effort man i mean you know not saying that they're not trying but a lot of perimeter defense is just you know truly locking in and i think when they see the end jack you know playoff and tournament is here you know i think a lot of defense will be stepped up just by like look it's time to go play ball now and i think that can solve a lot of issues just the idea of it being playoff time but i think they're gonna have to trust carlisle more down low and not keep crashing down and allowing them to kick out the shooters all the time because they're trying to overhelp on defense. Do you think interior defense lock uh, just separates this uh, this profs team with everyone else because they have someone like Carlisle they can trust on down low? Yeah, I mean, again, when, when you get uh, the, the scoring outbursts we've seen against the profs this year, it has been really, again, for beyond the arc. A lot of times they don't get dominated down low at all. I mean, obviously Carlisle and when Satan's in the lineup, there's really it's it's hard to even get inside the paint and get a, a free layup and, and that's kind of why a lot of these games especially at home as of late the environment's there with the SB gymnasium the fans are into it it just seems like Carlisle at home again Doc says she's the best uh, interior defender in the NJAC I, I absolutely agree I mean when you you see again six two six three frame first year with the pro she is fit right into that lineup and 
obviously with Santana being a senior, next year you still have you have Carlos coming back. It's it's kind of good to see her defensive side kind of shine against these teams again, especially where you're going to need it against Kane. It's it's a team where again they shoot uh, the want to say the opponent three point percenters they allow the lowest, and obviously the pros being uh, second in percentage with three point. It's it's tough to say, and I think uh, this def- defensive side of the ball for the Rowan Profs, sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not, and obviously we need it uh, t- on tomorrow, and we got to do what we got to do. Yeah, with Carlisle, she's three blocks and two steals, and that's just in the Montclair State game. Uh, she can she has the wingspan uh, that, and it's so long, and she uses it uh, to the best of her ability, just swatting away shots and also just ripping away the ball because she's used at the top of the key in that 3-2 zone that they always run. Um, but I want to ask you guys, I think the profs can win this game against the Cougars. They just have to lock in as they did at home. You just have to do it away. Obviously, they're 3-7 and seven on the road this year, trying to get their fourth win on the road this season. But I want to ask you guys, do you think that the profs can pull it off, at least in the quarterfinals? Uh, once they once they get past Kane, it's a tough road because you got Damaris Rodriguez of the NJCU Gothic Knights. It's a tough road ahead, but I still think that the, that this profs team, Doc, can beat the, the Cougars because they've done it before. They've proven it in, in, in grand style, too. They, they beat them by uh, double digits. So uh, the profs, they can definitely do it again. It's just the problem is, is that they're on the road and they haven't performed well on the road. Yeah, they've struggled on the road. I mean, we mentioned that when we were both doing the Rutgers Newark game, but look, they won that game pretty handily. Obviously, a much different team than the Kane Cougars. But look, they've shown signs that they can do, you know, almost anything to a lot of these NJAC teams and, and can they can defend them well. They can score well. Like you mentioned in their game earlier, they scored 74 against Kane. They had two players with 20-plus points, one of them including Santana, so you hope that she can yeah. be healthy. But it seems like this team down low is very vulnerable, Kane. And I think a team that if you attack the lane like the profs do, especially if Santana's in the lineup, you know you can take advantage of this Kane uh, team. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, the Kane offense, it's pretty good. Uh, I think Gigi Gamble uh, it does a great job at leading that team and, and being a leading scorer uh, and, and shoots at a pretty high volume and at a pretty good clip at that too. So it's going to be tough to stop their offense, but I think you can almost go shot for shot with them down and, and hope, you know, in the fourth quarter it's a close game and you hope that Kate Pearson's defensive-minded uh, philosophy can bring them over the top and possibly even blitz Gigi Gamble. I think in games like this, you got to bring out stuff you didn't bring out, and that could possibly be, you know, making sure Gigi Gamble isn't the the player that sends you home. Yeah, Doc, you're definitely right. Last point, Locke. Before we touch on softball, um, what do you, what do you think is going to happen with this uh, matchup between Rowan and Kane uh, later today at one? I think Rowan plays spoiler. I think they do it. I think they can go into Union and. Again, we've seen them shut down Gamble before, especially in the second half of the game, obviously on February 3rd. I think I think history's going to repeat itself. I think they can do it. And I obviously, if they do that, they got a tall task in Demarius Rodriguez that following couple uh, nights after that. And you get Gamble, mm-hmm. who's the second highest scorer in the NJAC. And then if you win that, you're going to the number one, uh, Demarius Rodriguez, top scorer. So if you could cut Gamble to, I would say, under 20, I think they're going to walk out of there with a victory. And if they can do that and they can stop their shooting, uh, Brittany Graff, one of the top shooters for them, uh, Edwards gets hot, usually kind of in that mid-range area. I, I think this team could do the business that they need to do. And 
again, they're looking to go back-to-back, and it's, they have a tall task. But I think uh, this team, when they're on, I think they can they can hold their own against any team in the end, Jack. Can I get a – and I guarantee, because uh, you said she's held under 20. Roman's gonna win. Can I? Can Can you guarantee that? <laughs> Gigi Gamble does not score. As she scores 19 She's, points. Are the props winning the game, Justin? The props are gonna win the game. Yeah, can I get a? I guarantee. I it. guarantee. Ooh, okay. I guarantee. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is good. I like this. <laughs> she averaged 18.4. So yeah. On an average yeah. night, she's scoring more than probably 19 one night, 22 the next, and. I just think Gamble, again, what, what I've seen from her uh, in the game I personally called, uh, again, first half, she was she was torching the profs. Combo dribbles, step back threes, it was like, oh my God, there's no chance. And then second half, it was like she was hidden in the offense. And I think that's kind of what Kane, again, once once your top player gets cold, it's kind of the same thing that happens with the Gothic Knights. When Demaris Rodriguez is kind of off, it's like, oh crap. Where's the next option on offense? And the Kane Cougars, have, I think, have more options than Jersey City does. And that's why I think if yep. they can win this one, you're going to Jersey City. Yes, you're on the road, but they they only lost by six on the road against Gothic Knights just uh, two months ago. So, again, I think Kane, I think it's going to be a good one. I don't think it's going to be a blow in any, any fashion, but I think if Gamble is held under 20, it's going to be a tough task for the Cougars to win. Yeah, it's going to be a tough task ahead for uh, the women's basketball team, for Rowan. you got Kane Cougars, uh, and then you have NJCU and Damaris Rodriguez, and then you have whoever's left for the NJAC championship game. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about the softball team and their upcoming season ahead that starts next week. You're tuned into the Rowan Sports Review, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Rowan Sports Review. If you're just tuning in, we just discussed the women's basketball season and what's ahead for them in the NJAC tournament. And now we're going to shift into, no pun intended, shift into the softball team for Rowan, who placed fifth in the College World Series last season down in Texas. We talked about it in the beginning of the show. Uh, They won in dominant fashion against the D3 champions of Trine, but it's double elimination. Trine was still alive. They were able to continue on and win the whole thing. But Rowan, they lost to Coe in the next game, uh, 2-1. And then the following game, they lost to Salisbury, where Salisbury pretty much just dominated that whole game from start to finish. Um, but the profs, they still were able to call themselves uh, fifth-place champions in the College World Series, which is honestly, guys, just a huge accomplishment for the softball team with uh, with Riley Lutz and Emily McCutcheon really leading the way pitching side. And then, I mean, there's not really a weak spot in this lineup, and most of it kind of stayed over into this season. But there's a lot to look forward to, uh, Doc, for this softball team, a lot to look ahead forward to, to potentially another deep run, um, whether it just be to uh, in the NJAC tournament, uh, even regionals, super regionals, maybe even the College World Series again. I mean, what do you see out of the softball team? I see a very similar result, if, if not greater. I mean, it's hard to have higher expectations than being the fifth best team in all of D3, but like they have pretty much the same exact line of returning, obviously losing Corey Haig, who was one of their captains behind the plate, but they possibly might replace her with, I'm, I'm just looking at the ros- roster, and Morgan Tripati is a name that sticks out because a transfer from Arcadia that had pretty good stats there. But I expect you know, very similar results. I mean, Riley Lutz and Emily McCutcheon are two players that are only probably going to get better, right? I mean, they're two young pitchers, and now moving up to the upperclassmen, and they, I think... They, they got everything they need. I mean, they got 
the hitters and Peyton McNair, Liz McCaffrey leading the way at the top of the lineup. You got Cat yeah. Thomas hitting them in still. You got Brianna Bryant still in that in that lineup. You got you know Mackenzie Melvin in there, Grace Shakitis. You got a lot of a lot of hitters in there and a lot of players that are returning. And you don't typically see this many players returning on a team as good as Rowan was last year. Yeah, and also uh, switching over to you, Justin. Uh, Coach Kim Wilson is staying too, which is which is always nice. Uh, I mean, she is literally one of the best coaches and got inducted into the Hall of Fame, and now she she's in uh, softball D three softball history. Um, so having her just in the dugout leading the way for a team that's not really that much different, that's even a bigger plus. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, she's one of the winningest all time coaches, twenty eighth season now with the profs, and. She's got 943 wins. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And obviously, this Prost team is, has shined uh, under her, her belt. I mean, 19 NCAA appearances. And again, t- now 27 seasons ago, looking to make it 20 of 28. It just seems like when the Prost are out there, it's it's hard to beat. The last year, they went 42-10. and 10. I mean, it, they just looked like the best team in the NJAC. Obviously, they fell short in the NJAC playoffs, which... Was a crazy walk off that me and Doc were on the call yeah, for, but I remember that. Uh, it's just again they they found their rhythm. They they did really well in the regionals and they they looked really good. And again with the the way this roster is built, I mean, there's not that many holes they had last year. And again, you lose your catcher, obviously five years with Corey Haig. Really, she's more of a contact hitter in that in that cleanup spot, and that's all you really need to fill because you have Cat Thomas. Obviously, is more of that power spot. You have those top of the lineup girls, and I think really, you you have you're going to at least score five to six runs, which is kind of where their sweet spot was last year. And if they get things started off early here, obviously on the on the 24th, I, I think it's going to be a similar outcome. And Kim Wilson's definitely a, a huge benefit uh, on their behalf. Yeah, and Doc, do you think that there's going to be this fire that's lit under this softball team? One because they didn't uh, win the whole thing in D3. Right, I mean, you get you you beat the team that literally won the whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's a huge plus, and um, but they obviously lost the next two games in the World Series, but they also didn't even win the NJAC tournament, yeah. which is odd to say. A team that goes all the way to the fifth spot in all of the country doesn't even win in their own conference. Do you think that there's kind of two fires lit under them because they want to now win the NJAC and also win that College World Series that they were pretty much inches and maybe even some runs and pitches uh, closer to than they were last year? Of course. I mean, they got a taste of what being a possible, you know, D3 World Series champion was. I mean, they were there. And then when you're there and, and you, you see it and you, you can kind of almost – put your hand on the trophy because you look you beat the champions i mean yeah you you obviously it was double elimination but you beat the champions you gave them their first loss and you know you got a taste of what that kind of felt like being down there in texas and you probably saw you know maybe the other team win. i don't know if they had, you know attended any other games but you know they were right there and i think you know when you get a little bit of that you go a little bit harder the next time and Again, they didn't win the NJAC either. So, like you said, I, I think they're gonna kind of kind of go back to you know, it's day one once again. You gotta repeat the process and reset the standard. And I think their standard has increased now highly. And I think they're not to not gonna look down on these NJAC teams, but I think they're gonna be able to walk around with some confidence. Like, look, man, like we're we're better and we're a better, you know, 
locker room or we're just a better team and we made the world series last year and, and they're gonna walk around like it yeah they're gonna walk around like like they own the place mm-hmm. but trust me once once they lost we we're all kind of like all right let's go <laughs> <laughs> but um but it was it was so uh kind of heart- it was heartbreaking just to see that the team that won was the team that Rowan beat um and the only team that they beat in the college world series but I want to turn the attention over to the pitching because I think the main strong suit for this team is the pitching. Mm-hmm. Um, if the lineup can't get something to get going, the the pitching will back them up. I mean, you get you still have Riley Lutz, you still have McCutcheon, and I really think Justin that I mean you can get you can give pitcher of the year, and Jack pitcher of the year, maybe even pitcher of the year. I'll say it, <laughs> D3 pitcher of the year, right? To Riley Lutz. I mean, she can have another astonishing year. Last year with a 2.39 ERA, 24 wins, 7 losses, and 39 appearances with 30 starts, 20 complete games. <laughs> I mean, I mean, she's she's unbelievable to watch. And uh, Emily McCutcheon, she's pretty much around the same area where she had a 2.9 ERA, 12 wins, and 27 appearances, 12 games started and almost 100 innings pitched but this is honestly one of the best pitching duos in d3 softball not even just in the NJAC, in in the entire d3 i mean yeah i mean it's it's tough to face one ace but when let's obviously pitches the, the prior uh two days prior three days prior they bring in mccutcheon and it's a similar result it's, it's nothing you could do especially we kind of saw it Really, a couple of the regionals, Lutz kind of got rattled up near the end of the game, and McCutcheon came in, she closed the door. And if without McCutcheon, I do think this team would have had a hard uh, try to get to Texas, and that's kind of why McCutcheon's been that, that key second piece. Last year, they had Costello in that third spot. She did really well, 6-1 and one as well, 18 appearances. But, again, with Lutz, it's just, when you see Lutz on the mound, especially if you're an NJAC rival, it's like, what can we really do? I mean, she, again... She only had uh, nine shutouts and 20 complete games, as you touched on. 186 strike. It's it. There's nothing you can really do. I mean, she faced no. 680 batters, and opposing batting average was uh, 191. I. It's just she has a couple pitch combos, and she kind of just really again finds her rhythm early. And she had multiple games where she goes into the fourth inning, fifth inning, and it's like there's no hits on the board, and it's like what can you really do against her? And that's kind of what the the key has been for this team. And they don't need to score. 10 runs when they only allow two or three and most of the time it's not off Lutz it's usually off the reliever that comes in after yeah and it's nice because Lutz is a righty and McCutcheon's a lefty and you can't like once you started getting a read on Lutz now you got to switch over to reading the left-handed arm coming in from the other side of Emily McCutcheon if that happens in the similar game but but any uh anything before the season gets started for the softball team any expectations maybe hot takes for the softball team i mean Mm. i think that i think personally that they could uh get back to texas and the the world series is in marshall texas again Mm. um so i think they can get back there uh that's that's my i guess take for this season um but what do you guys think i think they can they can get back there as well and i don't think just getting there is going to be their accomplishment i think that they can possibly go the whole way and whether that means you know final two make the championship and maybe even bringing it all the way home i think this roster's talented they still have kim wilson back i think 
you know, they have a lot of momentum behind them. I mean, they're, again, we mentioned not losing a lot of players, and, you know, growth is going to happen with a lot of these players. I mean, yeah. you know, he, we only mentioned a couple. We're not even mentioning, like, even like you mentioned, star, like starters that were last year that were stars, like Brian. You yeah. know, she could develop even more, you know, mm-hmm. and Kat Thomas could develop even more. So I think that this team will definitely be back in Texas uh, in June. Locke, what do you think? So last year they lost uh, three games against NJAC opponents. I think it's going to be one or less. Ooh. I think I undefeated think it, in the NJAC again. They only lost one in the regular season. They lost two of those in the NJAC playoffs, which obviously that was TCNJ and Rampo on the same day. Mm-hmm. So I mean, looking at it, I just think that they kind of again they've, they've kind of found their footing, and I think they're going to be more hungry than ever. And I think this team, as Doc said, can go to Texas and. I mean, I don't, I don't want to jinx them or anything, but I, they could definitely do it. And I, I think uh, I'm not going to guarantee that. But I'm gonna, I guarantee. <laughs> I, I, I'll guarantee they win the NJ this year. That's all I'll say. I think they can do it. And obviously last year they didn't, so they're going to want it more and they're going to get it. Yeah, well, to wrap everything up, both teams, for the women's basketball team, both teams that we talked about, the women's basketball team and the softball team definitely have some fire lit under them because – the softball team, they made it all the way to Texas to the College World Series, placed fifth. And then the uh, women's basketball team, they won the NJAC championship last year. Um, they're in the sixth seed in the NJAC tournament this year. So they definitely just want to get back to the positions that they were in previous seasons. But that is going to do it for the Rowan Sports Review this week. For, A- uh, for Aiden Doherty, Justin Locke, and myself, Jack Miller, your host for the Rowan Sports Review. Thank you guys for tuning in and have a great rest of your Saturday. Be sure to tune in to the Kane game where the Pros will take on the Cougars later this afternoon at 1 o'clock here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Again, have a great rest of your Saturday.